0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show.
1: Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No.
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com.
2: Patrick Mahomes, the Magic Show, is here in Oakland,
0: pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim, is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked
2: out Bishop the Age. And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas.
0: Everything happening in the sports world. And even some things not happening in the sports
1: world. So you're more of a traditional
3: hark, Christmas hark music the player. Herald Angels sing, I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
1: Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim, right here on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson, Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, your shirt, I like it today. I you made did. a comment about it earlier and you said, oh, this is like the oldest shirt I own. Oh, Had fun. to pull it out of the back of the closet. Yeah, You're a big thermal fan.
3: I, it just looked warm. so That's what I went with. Yeah, it, Yeah, I can see you went with the Arkansas even though I think they got beat in overtime. They did. On Saturday. Yeah,
1: but. don't remind me. Okay. But Steve, what a weekend? What a weekend for Kansas City Chiefs fans? What a weekend for you? Were you 4-0 with your picks?
3: I was 4-0, yes.
1: I was 2 and 2. I yeah, was I, I was perfect on Saturday. 0 for on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I got a ton of calls when I went 0 and 4. Did I get a, any calls when I went 4-0?
1: That's just the way it works.
3: Underappreciated, but underpaid.
1: Steve, what a weekend? This was a game for the Chiefs that I didn't really know exactly what was going to happen. I felt pretty good about it on Friday, and you picked them to win by, what, 3-7, mm-hmm. somewhere in there? 38-35. And I was scoffed at when I said, Chiefs by 17. And if it wasn't for Adam Vinatieri shanking an extra point, it would have been a 17-point game and a 17-point win for the, this Chiefs team that I felt like they could win this round. Now, the future, I have no idea. It could be a great run for this team. It could be a horrible run for this team that ends real quickly on Saturday or on Sunday night, but what a run for this team, and what a dominant performance over the Colts. Everybody talked about this Colts offensive line that couldn't block the Chiefs all day. Everybody talked about this Colts defense that was number one in the league over the last 10 games, but it was the Chiefs offense and the Chiefs' defense that won them the game.
3: Well, and, and I, I go back to something I think I said on Friday. You know, the Colts were 10-1 and the last 11 games, but look at the teams they beat. They had a lot of Bills, Jets, uh, Dolphins. Uh, Titans, Titans. Titans. Jags. Ti- yeah, Jags who were awful this year. So they really didn't have that many signature wins among those 10 wins, and I think uh, they got exposed a little bit, but what I really like most was how physical the Chiefs were. I mean, you know, this Colts offensive line was supposed to be the baddest, the nastiest. Quentin Nelson, he was supposed to be the all-pro rookie guard. And, you know, he got, you know, he got taken to the woodshed. Their whole offense got taken to the woodshed by the Chiefs' defense. Steve, maybe one of my, my greatest accomplishments and most
1: excited moments of the game, Braden Smith, former Olathe South Falcon, you know how I feel about those Falcons. Not a big fan of the Falcons. In the pivotal play of the game, D Ford rushes around right past Braden Smith, who's a rookie right tackle and was one of the best in the league this year. I'll give him a lot of credit. But D Ford races around him, knocks the ball loose. Justin Houston recovers the fumble. And pretty much from that moment on in the third quarter, the game was over.
3: And you know, I pronounced D Ford a bust after his rookie year. The guy looked totally lost. I mean, he didn't have a clue, but I'll tell you what, he has turned himself into quite a player. It just took he a little time. He had a really good year. He, oh, he was fantastic this year. The Chiefs are getting the best out of Justin Houston. I mean, he I don't know how much he's got left in the tank. Let's hope he's got two more games left in the tank. But, uh, you know, those linebackers are really good. Uh, I thought the defensive line, Chris Jones was fantastic. He was really uh, the good. The nose guard, uh, what, Naughty. Is Eric Naughty? Naughty. I thought he was good. Uh, even, you know, the secondary, Stephen Nelson, I think he only got toasted once. <laughs> and, and the other one, Ward, did a pretty good job. It just seemed – but remember, the Chiefs had the ball two-thirds the of the whole game. game. Yeah, seemingly the whole game. It's just like the Saints and the Eagles. The Saints had the ball the whole game. And that helps your defense. Where they're, When they're only on the field for like 19 minutes, you know, they're getting well-rested. They're able to rush the passer and – Andrew Luck, he just he never got anything going. The Chiefs' offense was really good in the first half, and kind of like they do quite often. You see this a lot from the Chiefs. They go just haywire, you know, crazy in the first half, and then it's almost like they let off the gas a little bit in the second half because they only scored, what, seven they points? They scored seven second-half points, yes. and the seven came late. Yeah, yeah. So they really didn't do much offensively, but they were so good early. It almost seems like Andy Reid goes into his bag of tricks in the first half and then plays kind of normal football in the second half? Three differences in this
1: game, Steve, compared to some other Chiefs playoff games that I've seen and and other moments throughout this season. Number one, how dominant was the Chiefs' running game in that game against the Colts? Because they pounded, pounded, pounded them on the ground. 33 carries, 180 yards, and four rushing touchdowns with Two different guys taking the majority of the plays with Damian and Daryl Williams. Yeah, they didn't have no Spen- Kareem Hunt, no, no sp- Spencer yeah, Ware, no Spencer Ware, and this team pounded Indianapolis on the ground.
3: And then the Cheetah had a thirty-six yard reverse in there,
1: and that was nice. Yeah, number two, Andy Reid was not afraid. You could see that early on in this game, and maybe he anticipated Indianapolis being able to score more points. Maybe he anticipated the Chiefs just being able to be successful on 4th down and one, fourth down and two, fourth down and 3, but to understand that with his team and the way they can play offense and to understand with his team and the way that they've played defense for the first 16 games, to go for it. When you have 4th down and short, when you are around midfield or you are in Indianapolis territory, you have to be aggressive. What's the difference in some of those games in the past in the playoffs? Indianapolis, 38-10, to not being aggressive in the second half. Pittsburgh, the game where they scored two touchdowns and didn't give up any and lost. They were not very aggressive. Tennessee last year, where you're up big at halftime, not aggressive. This time, Andy Reid was about as aggressive, aggressive as I've ever seen him.
3: And how much does that do with having Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback?
1: I think when you've got that guy leading the charge, You have If it had been Alex Smith
3: at quarterback in that same situation, I'd bet you anything he would have punted. It would be different.
1: And that's because you have a luxury item at quarterback. And somebody who is a complete difference maker, the other difference maker to me, Steve, and I don't know if you caught it, I don't know how many people have been talking about this, but who's the guy all year that I've been saying really opens up this Chiefs offense? Sammy Watkins. And he was back and playing. Six catches, 62 yards. It felt like every catch he made was in a pivotal moment. And we can talk about Travis Kelsey and how dominant he has been this year with seven catches and over 100 yards. Tyreek Hill with the 36-yard rush plus 72 in the passing game. But I think that the difference in the game for the Chiefs offense is having a third dominant weapon like Sammy Watkins. Now, don't get me wrong, Garrick Dieter, good player. Not really a difference maker. Chris Conley, Conley, good player. Not really a difference maker. Demarcus Robinson, good player. Not a difference maker. But Sammy Watkins, even though he's been hurt, was a huge difference. Well, he's an all-pro. Let's face it, he's an all-pro.
3: He's an all-pro receiver. Uh, Conley looks the part, but he's had some key drops. Not like Demarius Harris, but he has some key drops. But Sammy Watkins is a number one on a lot of teams. He's not the number two guy. He's a number one and he even ran in reverse. Now, let me ask you this. When he fumbled in the third, did you get nervous? Well, that was
1: looking to be a sign of maybe some bad things to come. And you could sense with Chiefs fans that people were beginning to get nervous after that and after the blocked punt for a touchdown. Because at that time in the first half, I think it was... Seventeen to nothing at the time of the blocked punt for a touchdown, and so then it became seventeen to seven. And Indianapolis did not have a first down. They did not have a third down conversion at that point. And you're looking at the scoreboard and go, how are the Chiefs only up by ten? They've dominated. Right, right. And that's where I was starting to become a little bit nervous. But they had a big touchdown before the half, and then Adam Vinatieri missing that field goal from 23 yards. I thought was a really big difference. Is that, that his game last too. game? I don't know, but I can't believe how bad he was for oh. a guy that has made so many big field yeah. goals. Yeah, and he's
3: been good all year. He just right. Yeah, I I think he just had he was a shank I think that was a huge difference in that game because Indy got the
1: ball back with what a minute left and no timeouts, and they were driving down the field. And I kept saying to people, they can't give up a touchdown here. Right. If they just give up a field goal, yeah. they're in a good spot, still up by fourteen. But Indianapolis just losing points right off the board and turning a two or three possession game into a two possession and it also game. made
3: their locker room very quiet. At oh, halftime. I know they would have been all excited going into the locker room. Instead, they're deflated. I kind of thought when he missed that field goal, to me the game was over. It, I really did. I just didn't feel like that uh, the Colts. You know the way they played the first half. I just said now I know they came back from 38 to 10 one other time. You know, and Andrew Luck, but. Andrew Luck, just, they didn't have any running game. You know, they didn't run the ball. They didn't try to run the ball. They didn't have the ball. I mean, right. Kansas City's offense was its best defense because it kept Indianapolis off the field.
1: I'm trying to find the number for exact time of possession. I was thinking it was 38 minutes to 22. Now I can't find it on ESPN. But, oh, 39 yeah, to I, 2011. I,
3: I thought it was just about 40-20. I really did.
1: For a Chiefs team that all year has kind of been the opposite of that. They scored so fast. They they get the ball so fast, they're scoring, they're throwing the ball all around the field, which means some incompletions, some out-of-bounds, where they don't generally dominate the possession. They did. And that's what they needed to do on Saturday in what was maybe the biggest game at Arrowhead Stadium that they've had in a long time. And now they get the most important game that they've ever had In Arrowhead Stadium history coming up this weekend, they get the primetime slot to take on Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Dynasty. And Steve, I said it last week that I had a feeling that maybe it was the Chargers that were going to expose the Patriots. And not saying that the Patriots are not a good team, but I just had a feeling that the Chargers were on a roll. They could go into Foxborough and maybe find a way to beat Tom well, the, Brady. And the that Patriots, was, that the, was the Patriots hadn't guess. looked
3: like that all year, though. Right. I mean, Th- that, that was that's their best game of the year. Oh, by far. And maybe that's good for the Chiefs. They played their best, and they can't approach that. They've got to make Tom Brady look forty-one years old. He looked twenty-one in that game. San Los Angeles. There you go. I, I there you say, go. I always want to say San Diego, San Diego, but <laughs> the Chargers unbelievably never got any pass rush. On Tom Brady, Sony Michelle—they well, went zone defense. Yeah, Sony Michelle, and that's one thing the Chiefs do not do. They do not go zone. If when you go zone, you're just begging a guy like James White to catch 15 passes, which is what he did. Sony Michelle ran like crazy. What I like is the Patriots don't have that guy that can just light you up. And Julian Edelman is a more of a possession type receiver. He does get 15 or 20 yards, but he's not like say if the Chiefs were playing against Keenan Allen this week or whoever their other, they got another fast. Mike Williams, a big guy, hard to cover. But I was kind of saying before the Chargers-Patriots game, I kind of hope it's the Patriots because from an athlete standpoint, I think the Chiefs out-athlete the Patriots quite a bit. The Chargers got good athletes. I don't think the Patriots have the athletes that the Chargers do. But, boy, I'll tell you what, if Tom Brady gets that kind of time against the Chiefs, Chiefs are in trouble because, I mean, he just sat there and just picked apart 30, I think he was like 31 of 40, something like that. Uh, of course, he was just checking it down like every other play, but Sony Michelle ran wild. But remember, the Patriots are 3-5 and five on the road. If you look at all their numbers, they score about half as many points on the road as they do at home. They give up quite a bit more on the road than they do at home. They've not been a good road team and boy, can you imagine... I can't even imagine how loud it's going to be an air raid. You'd have to have ear... I think you'd have to wear earplugs to go the game. I know you would. Well, yeah.
1: Two things that are big time on the line with this game on Sunday for the Chiefs. And we'll talk about it all throughout this week. But number one, a chance to turn over this dynasty of the Patriots, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and not only turn it over... To a young Chiefs team, but physically hand the torch and pass it from Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, to somebody that is on pace to maybe be the MVP this year yeah. and to maybe be up in the ranks of Tom Brady in Patrick Mahomes. Number two, Andy Reid has been sitting here in his whole career, so many wins, has never won that Super Bowl. He made it there with the Eagles and lost to Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And if he could find a way to out-coach Belichick and out-scheme and out-defend Tom Brady and reach the Super Bowl, then you continue to move Andy Reid higher and higher up on the coaching all-time boards where he deserves to be. Well,
3: I said in 2014, I said, I hope I live long enough, granted, since I'm in the latter stages.
1: who you're getting up there. I am getting in the latter stages. You are getting up there. I'm in the
3: latter. But I always said it. In my lifetime I just like to see the Royals in the World Series once again. I think in that same year I said, just once more in my lifetime, I'd like to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because I watched Super Bowl number one. I watched Super Bowl number four. I watched those on my nineteen inch black and white oh, yeah. TV. So, Lenny the Cool. Yeah. Lenny smoking a cigarette on the sideline. You know, <laughs> big buck Buchanan. I I love those Chiefs teams back in the Was Otis Taylor on those teams? Oh, yeah, Otis Taylor. You know, they had the offensive line. I mean, you knew them by heart. You knew those linebackers Lynch, Lanier, Bell. You knew Big Buck in the defensive line. I don't know if Ernie, I don't think Ernie the Big Cat lad played back then, but they had like Fred Arbanis at tight end. Oh, yeah. Johnny Robinson in the secondary. Uh, You know, you just knew this. Everybody knew the starting lineup of the Chiefs back in those 60s. They were just unbelievable teams.
1: Steve, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to listen to a ton of audio from the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network and Mitch Holtus because he was on one on Saturday for one of the biggest games that he's ever called. We'll take a listen in at that and maybe even preview what's coming up with the AFC and NFC Championship games coming up over the weekend. We're back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self.
1: Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, did you get a chance to listen to the Chiefs radio broadcast of their win over the Colts from Saturday?
3: I heard some of it, yes.
1: You were, you were popping it in and out of the I, car. I, I heard some of it, yeah. You turned it on on Channel 13. Actually, I don't think it was working over the weekend. Channel
3: 13 wasn't working, but everybody calls up and says it's our fault. So. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's not our fault. but.
1: We did announce the homecoming winners. At the game the other night too, so we got to keep everybody happy. Oh yeah, we're here for the people. Oh, we are we are people pleasers. Steve, let's take a listen back to some of the audio highlights from Mitch Holtis, Kendall Gammon, Danny Welniak, the whole Chiefs Fox Football Radio crew, as they won one of the biggest games in franchise history. And I was telling you before we came on the show, there are about thirty pieces of audio that I could have pulled off for Mitch because he was in the zone on Saturday. He was coming up with phrases and metaphors and similes and oh, rumbling yeah.
3: and bumbling and oh, snowshoes
1: yeah. and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So the first piece of audio I've got here is from an attempt on fourth down and one or fourth down and two and talking about one of our favorite players, the sausage, Anthony Sherman, and him being the lead blocker on a huge play.
2: 7 nothing Kansas City. They're going to go for it. Fourth and one. The Chiefs. This year we're outstanding on fourth down conversions. Damian Williams, 45, gets a block, 40. First down by far. and the sausage was cleaning out dudes in front of him. It looked like an ice cream scoop. 11-yard run, the sausage was drilling dudes in front of Damian Williams, and the Chiefs have a first down at the Colt 37.
1: The sausage was drilling
3: dudes. Do you think he thinks of those things ahead of time, or is it just – instinct i would think he would have to have thought
1: about something with an ice cream scoop i i don't know yeah but the sausage he was scooping up dudes he was drilling dudes yeah second piece of audio the first touchdown for the chiefs damian williams with a huge touchdown run and giving the chiefs the the early lead
2: sweep right side damian williams cuts it back inside the 10 Touchdown, Kansas City. A 10-yard run with nine yards after contact by Damian Williams. One possession, one touchdown, and the Chiefs taste the sweet nectar here in the snow.
1: The sweet nectar of the end zone here in the snow. He loves the sweet nectar. The third one. This is the one that I think you heard on Stephen A. Smith's show earlier today. First take, I guess, is what Mm -hmm. we can refer to that as. I don't, maybe we can call it Stephen A's show. I don't know about Max Kellerman. Yeah. This is Tyreek Hill's long touchdown run, and Mitch decided to go deep into the bag of tricks here with talking about the weather
2: outside. First down, they're going to bring it on an end around. Tyreek Hill gets a block, 35 30, jet speed, 25 20, 15, 10, 5, snowshoes, touchdown. Kansas City! The Cheetah can run in the snow! A 36-yard end-around! And the Chiefs, two touchdowns on their first two possessions! (laughs) Snowshoes!
1: We need to start screaming that out in the middle of broadcast. (laughs) This fourth piece of audio, Steve, I think you'll really enjoy. I think this followed up that Tyreek Hill touchdown run. And this was one of the Colts' early plays in that drive. And Derek Noddy who you mentioned earlier, Mm -hmm. had to make a big tackle. And Mitch Holt is showing off some of his Kansas roots with this call.
2: Andrew Luck, Marlon Mack to his right. He's going to be hit in the backfield. Derek Nottie's got him and won't let him go. The grease pig contest at the county fair. Blue ribbon for Derek Nottie. Grabbing Mack and knocking him down for a minus six run.
1: (laughs) The grease pig contest at the county fair. Derek Nottie grabbing him. Okay, so we continue on. This is at the very end of the first half. Patrick Mahomes, instead of slinging it with his right arm, decided to run for the end zone. I didn't realize until looking at the box score that he didn't throw for a touchdown. Mm -hmm. The Tyree kill one kind of deceived me. Four
3: touchdown runs by four different players.
1: But here is the fourth
2: of those four players, Patrick Mahomes. Sidecar position right, Damian Williams, Mahomes, scrambling to the right side, holding it, punt faking, diving for the far front pylon. Does he have a touchdown? Kansas City, Mahomes runs it in, stretching out the football for the right far front pylon, the and the Chiefs answer the block punt for a touchdown with a long drive touchdown. Mahomes,
1: he can throw it. He can throw it submarine. He can throw it sidearm. He can run for touchdowns as well that was a really good run in case you're just now joining us we are listening to some audio from Mitch Holtus and the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network from the Chiefs on Saturday we mentioned the Adam Vinatieri missed field goal and how big of a shock it was for us and how that changed the game but listen to the way that Mitch calls this and the excitement that gets into his voice because of understanding how big this missed field goal was right before the
2: half Vinatieri a tiny 23 yard field goal for him He had one of his worst misses in his career! This hits the upright, and it's no good! He misses a 23-yard field goal attempt in this stadium in 2000. He had a chance to win the game for the Patriots on a 32-yard field goal. The same point of the field, he screws that kick up, he blows a 23-yard field goal. The greatest kicker in the game screws up the field goal, and the Chiefs hold at the end of the half. He screws that field goal
1: oh, up. Yeah, there you go. Mitch is on top of it. Okay, then we mentioned Chris Jones being an animal inside. I felt like he was Dikembe Matumbo throughout the entire game, just waiting and waiting he and waiting. wagged
3: his finger then at uh, Andrew Luck.
1: And then he would stick his hands up in the air at the last moment, and Mitch Holtis bringing out some more snow references here. 6 to
2: go in the game. Empty backfield. Tight triangle to the right of Luck. He's got another pass batted down. Chris Jones again with two snow shovels, one in each hand to knock it down. The wind turbine swats it away, and the Indianapolis Colts are 0 for 8 on third down in this game. The wind, wind turbine. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that's a good one. This is maybe the biggest play of the game, the one I referenced earlier with D. Ford knocking the ball out of Andrew Luck's hands, Justin Houston falling on it, and what symbolically was the final blow in this game, even though it was in the third quarter.
2: Crowd trying to make it hard on Luck. Luck to throw his head. The ball's out. The ball's out. And the Chiefs have it at the 32 yard line. Locke runs out of luck, and the horseshoe on his helmet also leaves his pocket as the Chiefs' Justin Houston is devastating the Colts' offensive front, and the Chiefs get a turnover back swatted away by D. Ford.
3: Not bad. Not bad. It's good stuff.
1: This is the final touchdown that really put an oomph on the win. Here, as this got them up to 31 points. Handoff, Daryl Williams, right side,
2: inside the five, powers near the end zone and push back to shy. but now a late push, touchdown, Kansas City, the offensive line just willed him into the end zone, and give credit to this Chiefs offensive line, the Chiefs have put the hammer down on the Colts and lead
1: 30-13. Alright Steve, here's the final call, this is Mitch Holtis bringing in the first Chiefs home playoff victory in more than a quarter century
2: four seconds three seconds two seconds they're trying to snap but they won't get it done the Kansas City Chiefs have beaten the Indianapolis Colts and Andy Reid's big red revival and Patrick Mahomes revolution continues and now and now the Chiefs Kingdom will host the AFC Championship for the first time ever. The Chiefs have beaten the Colts 31 to 13. That's really hard. That's really
3: hard to believe that they had never hosted a championship game. And they have a chance to win the Lamar Hunt
1: Trophy at the place that Lamar Hunt built. That's right. All right, Steve, one more break. We'll talk a little bit more about the NFL, and then tomorrow we'll be busy with all sorts of stuff going on for a crazy week for us. McPherson Invitational, other high school basketball midseason tournaments. It's going to be a busy week, but we'll take one more break. Back after this, you're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by...
1: Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, I don't know if you got to stick around and watch the end of the CBS broadcast for the Patriots and the Chargers on Sunday afternoon after the Patriots put the hammer down on Phillip Rivers and ended their what I thought could be a little better I think I
3: flipped it over to Wichita State by that time. Well,
1: did you hear the comment that Sir Tom Brady made in the postgame? No. Well, this is perfect, and I get to play it for you. So he's being interviewed by... Tracy Wolfson on CBS. At least, at least I think that's, yeah, that's what it was on because you got Jim Nance and Tony Romo up in the yeah. booth. So this was Tom Brady down on the field, and we'll see if maybe this will give you a little motivation for next week. Well, you mentioned it, your eighth straight AFC championship game, and it's a rematch against Kansas City. This time, though, in Arrowhead. What can we expect from that one? It'll be a good game. They're a good team, and uh, we played them earlier this year. You know, I know. You know, everyone thinks we suck and, you know, can't win any games. So we'll see. It'll be fun. <laughs> that's a weird comment.
3: That is a weird comment. If
1: there's any team that's ever going to pull out the, oh, nobody the believes is in me. us. The woe is if me. If there's
3: any team that's ever going to pull that out, it's
1: Tom Brady and the greatest dynasty ever. Oh, nobody believes in us. Like, no, everybody believes in you guys. Unbelievably so. Yeah. Golden boy. People like me only say things... Like, that they're going to lose because I'm afraid they're going to win. Yeah. And I out-jinxed the Chargers a couple of times this postseason. And I really had some faith in them, and
3: no, that didn't work out. But are you okay with the Chiefs playing the Patriots? I'm fine with it. And it just shows the team that has that extra week off. Oh, it's a huge advantage. It's huge, because look how fresh all those teams look. I know New Orleans got off to a bad start, but once they... Kind of found their rhythm. They dominated that game. I mean, they only ended up winning by six and they almost lost at the end.
1: The Rams weren't perfect, but yeah, they held off Dallas Todd down the stretch.
3: A, Todd Gurley looked a lot better in the last couple of games I saw. And then uh, uh, Brady, of course. And really the Chiefs, that was a dominating performance.
1: They were dominant.
3: Yeah, they did. I mean, take away the block punting, and it's, what, 31 to, what was the, It would 30, be
1: 31 to six. 31 to six, yeah. Way so, to go, Vinatieri. Yeah. All right, Steve, tomorrow on the show we'll begin to dive into the McPherson Invitational as well as some of the other tournaments that will be going on. You and I will be out at Mac College tonight as they have their Saturday game postponed.
3: And yeah, it worked out great for us. It, it worked out real <laughs> yeah.
1: nice for anybody that's a Chiefs fan, Yeah. especially if they're a Chiefs fan on that team. I don't know what Coach and druber thinks about the Chiefs, but if he's a Chiefs fan, I'm, Makes I, for I'm, a busy I'm thinking week. he was okay Makes with it. Makes for his. a
3: busy week for the Bulldogs, though, three games. This week, three games in six days.
1: And all sorts of high school tournaments getting underway today. There will be some movement tomorrow with some teams. And then for the most part, semifinals on Thursday and, fr- and then finals on Friday. And then for the McPherson Invitational getting underway on Thursday,
3: the Bullpups taking on Blue Valley West. Yeah, there's some tournaments that end on Friday, some tournaments that end on Saturday. Just depends on where you're at.
1: We'll be bouncing around all over the place as this is one of the biggest weeks of the year. The next week, following it up with the girls' tournament, Steve, have you mentally prepared yourself for what's going to be a very long 14 days?
3: Well, I've done it for 40 years, so uh, I'm pretty well, I know I know the routine by now. And remember, we'll have a story on every game of the two tournaments on midkansasonline.com. We are your number one source for all the Invitational and the Classic games.
1: There you go. Wrapping up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Zell, was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.